Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Join me on this program if you need to vent. If you need just to talk about anything, any of your thoughts on the game. Because if there's one thing that I've learned from being a host for the past couple of years and also doing some podcasts on the side, it is therapeutic to talk about these things. Especially when it comes to sports. And, hey... Some people don't care. Some people don't care to hear it, but I do. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 your overall thoughts as the Giants lose to the Dodgers 2-1 to and the season that was, the movie-like season, it really was like a movie. The underdogs not expected to do anything. They find their ace in Logan Webb. They find their closer in Camilo Doval. Guys like Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, Buster Posey all find a resurgence in the season. They have some ups and downs. They get guys on the IL, and they kept on fighting and scratching and clawing. And then they come up short, and sometimes that's how movies end. Sometimes that's how movies end, and that's how it ended for the Giants last night. And we'll get into everything from the game. And trust me, this isn't going to be an entire show where I'm just going to be blaming it on that final check swing call on Wilmer Flores. It's not going to be that 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 type of show. It It's certainly something that we can discuss, we can mention, but the overall, that's not the reason why the Giants lost this game. It's not the reason why the Giants lost this series. As a matter of fact, I think the strike zone a couple of nights ago uh, from Ted Barrett was far worse than what this guy was was throwing out there, and then, of course, Gabe Morales with that final call on the 0-2 count on Wilmer Flores. But 888 that's the text line and the phone number, again, if you want to weigh in. And let's get to the first caller here. We already got somebody who wants to weigh in. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Nick from Hayward. Nick and Hayward. All right, man. What do you think? What you, what do you, what's on your mind here, Nick? I, I'm going to come out and not lie. I'm... Uh, I'm a big Dodger fan, but I want to call in because that this uh, this series was such a great series. This whole year was such a great competition between these two. It was it was disappointing that it had to end that way, but what a great series! I appreciate you calling in, Nick. It really was, and you know I got to give the Dodgers some credit. They hung in there, even though. Logan Webb was outstanding. Um, But there are a couple of moments from the game early on that I want to mention. But before that, I got to say, the lead-up to this game, it was unlike anything I've really ever experienced. Because, you know, we all expected that Urias was going to get the start, and that's it. We were just waiting for the game. But then, early on in the day... You had Corey Knebel, who was the relief pitcher. They decided that they were going to go with an opener. That news was released at 11 o'clock. And then, not only that, because that just had everyone's mind spinning. That gift from The Hangover, I mean, I'm not even going to call it a gift. It's the scene from The Hangover. It's a damn movie. But that scene from The Hangover where 
Alan is counting cards and doing all the math and all those symbols and numbers are going around his head. That's what it was like for the Giants and Dodger fans. It felt like we were all Alan in the hangover, except for instead of symbols and numbers, it was players from both the Dodgers and the Giants. How the Giants are going to work out the lineup, what they're going to do. The Dodgers are wonder, Dodger fans are wondering if it's the right move. I'm seeing all over Twitter. It was fantastic. And then on top of that, Vince Scully tweets out, To my knowledge, tonight's game between the Dodgers and Giants is the most important game in the history of their rivalry. With nearly identical records and so much at stake, I believe this to be the case. So when a guy like Vince Scully tweets that out, <laughs> the game becomes a little heavier. You're thinking, oh... Oh, okay. This is not just—it's not just my fandom that's coming out here. It's Vin Scully who's saying that. If there's anybody whose word you're going to take with how much is at stake here, it's Vin Scully. So when he said that, there was a lot riding on this game. And before we get to uh, uh, all of the flaws, I just got to give a shout out to Logan Webb. I got to give a shout out to Logan Webb. If there's anything to draw from the postseason, not thrilled at all with how they've scored, how they've tried to score with runners in scoring position. It's been awful. They haven't been able to take advantage of any opportunities really since game one. You know, in game three, they won on the Evan Longoria home run, and they did it with great pitching and and some great defense. Uh, they were, you know, a Brandon Crawford jump away from possibly even losing by the time Game 4 comes around. But Logan Webb was fantastic this entire series. And last night, he went seven innings strong, and maybe that wasn't enough. Maybe it wasn't enough. Maybe they should have kept him in 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 there in the eighth. But he went seven strong. He gave up four hits, struck out seven, only gave up the earned run, and he also walked one as well. But he was fantastic. And in the series overall, Logan Webb's numbers are as follows. 14.2 innings pitched. Out of the 198 pitches that were thrown, 134 of them were strikes. 17 strikeouts. He only gave up nine hits and an earned run. And he did this twice against the Dodgers, where he only gave up four hits on the seven innings. Here's where's the where's the stat here. I had that written down. I got a lot of stuff written down. My mind was spitting this morning uh, when I was coming in here. Uh, let me see here. Over 162 regular season games, there were only seven in which a pitcher allowed no more than one run in seven plus innings against LA. Webb did it twice in this series. Again. There were only seven games out of the 162 where a pitcher allowed no more than one run in seven-plus innings against L.A. Webb did it twice. And I think that they've got their stud, their bona fide ace, and they've also got that guy with that fire. We've been waiting for that. You know, ever since Bumgarner was gone, we've been waiting for that homegrown guy, that homegrown giant who has the passion who has that fire, and when he says, quote, we'll see him back in the playoffs next season, that's what you want. That's what you want, because that was what Webb's reaction was. I mean, the dude's 24 years old. When I was 24 years old, I mean, shoot. (laughs) I mean, I was working a couple of years here at 95-7 the game. I was just hoping to, you know, move on from nights is where I was at, at 24 years old. And so to do it in that spot, just a fantastic job by Logan Webb. And I got to play this one clip here because this was after the rough home run. This was after rough hit that solo home run off Urias to tie it at 1-1. But this strikeout when there were two runners on on Cody Bellinger from Logan Webb, it's the most pumped I've been really all season. Backdoor breaking ball. 2-2. Bellinger swings and misses. Logan Webb, seven strong innings. They love him here in San Francisco. Oh, we're making our way to a dramatic finish, folks. It's a 1-1 game. And just how pumped up he was 
screaming off the mound, and then you get the camera view of the dugout, and you know that that was going to be his uh, that was going to be his last batter that he would face uh, with Cody Bellinger there. So just a fantastic job by Logan Webb. Give him all the props in the world uh, for everything that he did. And he he was nasty. He was nasty yesterday. The pitches he had. And then when you get a tweet from Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, who is the pitcher for uh, now the New York Mets, originally with the Blue Jays. But he says, and he, he tends to comment on these things. Logan Webb. This is his tweet. Over the next five years, I predict him to be a top five, top ten pitcher in the game. His arsenal of pitches will be able to get outs forever. Movement and pitchability are more important than velocity, especially over the course of an entire career. Bet heavy on Webb. And if you want to talk about movement on pitches, go to the strikeout on Gavin Lux earlier on in the game. Just gross. Nasty stuff. So... Logan Webb, I think, has earned himself a spot on this Giants roster uh, for a long, long time. And especially knowing where he was going to be before, um, you know, which was expected before he had that IL stint and he came back and decided to become one of the best pitchers in the National League. I thought he'd be maybe a fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. That's what I think a lot of people felt. Uh, That's how I think a lot of people felt with Logan Webb before he started to become this dynamic ace that we saw. Just an unbelievable performance by him. And I got to say, he struck out Cody Bellinger, and I know Cody Bellinger was the guy that got the RBI single to give them the 2-1 lead, but I didn't hear on TV, I didn't hear any of the post game uh, with the national network. I didn't hear anything from TBS, and then I come in this morning and I'm just looking stuff up, and then I hear Cody Bellinger after the game talking to Lauren Shahadi, and he says this, with about Logan Webb, huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is is really hard to hit on. I mean, he he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's who you lost to? (laughs) That's the guy that got the game-winning hit right there? Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is is really hard to hit on. I mean, he he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. They teach you that in Dodgers PR? (laughs) Like... Couldn't believe that I heard that. But again, shout out to Logan Webb. I really wanted to spend a lot of time talking about him because the loss was crushing. It hurt. It was brutal, especially the way it ended. And knowing that Gabe Kapler, I thought, had a good plan going into the game. And we'll get into all that next. I want to go into uh, the lineups that were uh, that were announced before the game. And there were a couple of moments early on in which I felt the Giants should have taken advantage, but they couldn't because their bats just weren't awake and, 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 and they couldn't do it. So I want to get into all that next. Plus, Gabe Kapler, I think, said as best as anybody can regarding that final pitch with Wilmer Flores and the check swing that wasn't an actual swing. I think we can all agree it wasn't a swing, but I think Gabe Kapler spoke to it best after the game. So we'll get to all that next. 888 That's the text line and the phone number. And before we do get to that, from the 650, my heart hurts, man. That was not a swing. From the 415, time for robo balls and strikes in review on the last play of the game. And, 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 you know, you got to expect some sort of changes are going to be coming after this. You got to expect that because this five game series, this format that they have within the playoffs, seeing the way that these two teams have battled throughout the entire season and seeing that they're rewarded with either one of them. I'm not saying it just because the, Do- the Giants lost. I would have said the same thing for the Dodgers, too. You're rewarding them with just one postseason series, even though they had a better record than the Rays, who had the best record in the American League, if the Rays were in the National League West, they would have been seven games back of the Giants at the top of the standings. Like, that's how good they were. 
So I do think there are going to be some changes made. But look, we'll get to all that next. I'm rambling here. 888-957-9570. Let me just play this for you one more time. Cody Bellinger. Can't believe they lost to this guy. Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is, is really hard to hit on. I mean, he, he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. Ugh. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Tough. Brutal. Any words that you can use to to describe there, to describe how that loss felt after that 107-win season, after the storybook type of season that didn't end in a storybook fashion. It was brutal. It was brutal. But I want to focus on Gabe Kapler and the moves that he made, and then I will get to what he had to say regarding that final at-bat because the lineups were a big talking point before the game. When it was announced from the Dodgers' Twitter account that Corey Knable, their right-handed reliever who has been used as an opener before, it's not like it's the first time he's ever pitched in the first inning, but they ha- he has primarily pitched uh, in the seventh, eighth, ninth roles. So you know, right there around the time with Blake Trinan and Kenley Jansen, depending on whatever point in the season you want to point to, but. There was a lot of talk about the lineup and how it was going to be set. And I liked the fact that the only change that Gabe Kapler really made was he was going to have Listella batting at lead at the leadoff spot. And they were wondering that would be the only major change if possible. And he was going out there talking to him, seeing if he could still go on that Achilles. And really, that was the only change that could have been made. And... He stuck with the lineup, and I like the fact that Kapler did. Because what the Dodgers did before, the strategy that they wanted to use, which was they were hoping that they were going to use a bunch of the right-handed platoon guys, I was fine with I, I thought it was a good strategy. I really did. But I also thought, and there, this is just me as a baseball fan speaking, but I thought the baseball gods were not going to reward Dave Roberts because he is known as the guy who overthinks and does way too much in in Dodger fans' eyes. And it's not just Dave Roberts. It's everyone uh, from Dave Roberts all the way up to the GM in the front office, all the way to Andrew Friedman. But the lineup worked out with LaStella, Ruff, Posey, Crawford, Bryant, Yastrzemski, Flores, Longoria, and then Webb. So really, it was a normal lineup. Nothing too crazy. It, it didn't feel like Kapler um, reacted too much to it. But I look to not only just the fact that they weren't able to do anything uh, in the bottom of the first when Buster Posey hit a double on the first pitch and then Brandon Crawford ended up striking out. I thought the tone really could have been set right there. I I thought the tone really could have been set in the first inning with Brandon Crawford, but he ends up striking out. And then in the second inning, with two guys on, Evan Longoria ends up just popping out. I thought Evan Longoria, he had that chance later on in the game as well. They could have got it. They could have got a run on in the second inning, put another, put some more pressure on the Dodgers because they just brought in another pitcher, the 103 mile an hour throwing Gratterall. And then in the third inning, they didn't do anything. This is the first move that was made. Listella was gone. This is when the Dodgers put in Urias, and that was what was expected. No one expected Knable to go for more than two innings. I didn't think that they'd go Gratterall in the second. I didn't. I wasn't really sure what they were going to do in the second. Thought maybe they'd just bring in Urias straight away, but instead they waited till the third. And in that case, that was set up for Gabe Kapler to make his move, and that's when he replaced Tommy Listella, who was leading off. With Donovan Solano, was that the right move? I don't know, but if I had to, if I look back at it, if I'm being reactive, Dave Roberts outcoached him in that situation because he felt like that's what uh, Gabe Kapler was going to do. And then Darren Ruff and Buster Posey, they only look at three pitches between the two of them, and they both fly it out to get three outs to end the third. And then I look to the fourth inning. 
The fourth inning is the primary one I look to when I think about why the Giants lost this game or when they had an opportunity here to put runners on the board. Uh, to put runs on the board, excuse me, not runners on the board. Runners don't go on the board. It's runs. Uh, but Brandon Crawford leads off with the 0-2 single. And then Chris Bryant works a 3-1 count. Chris Bryant's been fantastic the entirety of this postseason. The entirety of this postseason. And Chris Bryant works a 3-1 count. And then there's a pitch which was clearly low. And he called it a strike turns it into a 3-2 count, and if you've ever played baseball at any level, when you're in that situation, when you feel like you're ahead, and then you feel like you got the walk, or you took a good pitch, you had a good take, and then the umpire calls it a strike, a lot of the momentum, you start to lose that. You start to think a lot. And then he just strikes out at the next pitch, which was a curveball, and it was a half-ass swing because he's still pissed off from that third called stri- or that second called strike before. So Chris Bryant ends up striking out. But then Julio Urias, in that span, had thrown a wild pitch. Had thrown a wild pitch, and that was against Austin Slater. And Austin Slater was put in as a pinch hitter because this is what Gabe Kapler did. And this is where I thought they had to win the game. This is where you had to have your guy who's coming in as a pinch hitter. What's given you the success all this year is by making these sort of changes. And we're not talking about Gabe Kapler going with his gut anymore. He's going with his abs. He doesn't have a gut. Let's be honest. He only has abs. The dude has like 2% body fat. But I felt like when Austin Slater got into a 2-0 count and you had a runner on second, and then he ends up just grounding out and moving Crawford to third, he moved the runner over, and you bring in Wilmer Flores, this is why Kapler made the lineup that he made for this specific situation. And then with the runner on third, you had an opportunity there to take a one nothing lead in the fourth, and instead Wilmer Flores just pops out to Trey Turner. I do give credit to Julio Urias for getting out of it, but I look a lot at those first four innings and all of those opportunities they had because that's when they were getting people on base and that's when Julio Urias looked the the least comfortable because after that, he looked just fine in the fifth and then in the sixth inning, Darren Ruff hits the homer, ties the game, Chris Bryant gets on base, and then Austin Slater ends up uh, ends up grounding out, and then you end that inning uh, without getting any more runs on the board after that. So there were plenty of chances uh, that the Giants had in this game, and they just they just weren't able to execute. They just weren't able to execute. And then you bring in Blake Trinan. It doesn't feel like anyone can get a hit off Blake Trinan. That dude's stuff is so nasty, and I remember I I was sitting there. It was after the slider uh, to who was it? Was it to Evan Longoria? I believe it was to Evan Longoria because he ended up striking out in that inning. But there was a slider that Trinan threw in the bottom of the seventh where I was like, dude, how does a ball even move like that at that speed? How? <laughs> like, like I, I don't get it. It defies the laws of physics with what Blake Trinan did. So he gets out of the seventh... Move to the eighth. They still weren't able to do anything against Kenley Jansen, who continued to show out in these playoffs. And not only did he do it in the wild card game, but he did it in this situation as well in the eighth. You had Donovan Solano line out, Darren Ruff, Buster Posey in the eighth. And then we get to the ninth inning. And then we get to the ninth where they bring in Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer doesn't really get many save opportunities ever. Ever, because he is one of the best starting pitchers in the league, and Crawford, he hits a good he he hits a good ball. I thought he I thought he got that changeup. I thought he could have put a good swing on it, especially with the O two count. You have to protect in that situation. He got the ball over to Chris Taylor, and Chris Taylor was in a position to make that out. But then Chris Bryant reaches on the error by Justin Turner, and that's where I felt like okay, there's some momentum here because Gabe Kapler puts in late-night Lamont Wade, and this was a situation where I thought, okay, this is something out of the movie here. This is something out of the movie. This is where the guy who's been doing it all season hasn't necessarily been hitting for average the entirety of the year. 
He's had a around a he's been hovering around 260 for the entirety of the season, but he's always been clutch in the ninth inning. And when Lamont Wade hit that foul ball, when Lamont Wade hit that foul ball to right field, I thought it I didn't think it was gone. Did not think it was gone off the bat, but I thought it was going to be off the wall. I thought it was going to be a double. I thought he was going to hit the runner from first in. That was my mind in that entire situation. That Lamont Wade foul ball. And then he ends up working it to a 2-2 count. And Max Scherzer just throws this cutter, which was nasty, and froze Lamont Wade. He ends up striking out. And then with two outs, with an 0-2 count, Wilmer Flores is at the plate. And this is what happens. No balls, two strikes. And Flores, did he go? He did! And the game ends! A swinging strike three! No. Gabe Morales rings him up, the game is over, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are headed to the National League Championship Series. And you hear the reaction from Ron Darling in the background as the call is going on. Sometimes when they have these baseball guys in the studio, they can't help but react in that way and possibly interrupt the call. And then they just throw salt in the wound when they actually show that replay that you need to show on check swings. I didn't think he went on the slider from Max. Gabe Morales thought he did. Boy, what a way to end the game. This Oh, oh man, boy, that's bad. I don't think he went. That's bad. Can't end the game that way. You can't end the game that way. There's no doubt. No doubt you can't end it on that call. But there's also no guarantee that the Giants come back and win that game. There's no guarantee that Flores comes back in the at-bat because you have Max Scherzer going on the mound. And when Max Scherzer is rolling like the way that he was, the, way that he was, the fact that he dealt in his previous start I think Gabe Kapler put it best after the game, talking about that final at-bat. Super tough. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want a game to end that way. Um, I know these guys work really hard to, to make the right call, so it's super challenging um, on our end. Obviously, it's going to be frustrating to have a, a game in like that. Um, but pretty high-quality hitter at the plate that can climb back into that count. It's no guarantee of success at the end of the at-bat. It's just, it's just a tough way to end it. I'm, there, there, there's no for especially right now. There's no need to be angry about that. I, I just think it's it's just a disappointing way to end. There, there are other reasons we didn't win today's baseball game. So that was just the last call of the game, and yeah, that's that's enough. And hopefully, I laid out those reasons for you there, at least with the lineup and not being able to execute when they had runners in scoring position and come through in a situation where I thought Kapler had set up the lineup to where he put his players in a position to be successful. I thought Austin Slater, he's been fantastic all year at home and hitting off lefties. That's where that's where his bread is made right there. But Slater ends up going 0 for 2 uh, as a pinch hitter in some situations. Evan Longoria 0 for 3 he had a couple of runners left on base. Uh, Chris Bryant, again, was great in this game. But Donovan Solano, coming in as a pinch hitter for Tommy LaStella, 0 for 3, didn't even get a hit in this series. The lineups just didn't come alive at all. For the Ever since Game 1, after Game 1, the lineup was just done. You could tell at Game 2 when you were there. Game three, game four, all of it. The lineup just wasn't executing when they needed to. And in the end, look, the Dodgers, they're still a good team. They're still a good team. Just can't believe you had to end it with this guy hitting the game winning, uh, the, uh, hitting the game winning RBI off Camilo Doval. I haven't even mentioned Doval yet. I don't even want to mention him because I'm not going to blame this loss on him. Maybe they should have, you know, kept Logan Webb in the eighth inning and not forced uh, Tyler Rogers to come in just for two thirds and then have Camilo Doval go for a four out save. But I can't believe it was this guy. Cody Bellinger, who decides to say this on a national broadcast after the game. Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is, is really hard to hit on. I mean, he, he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. Good God. Shoved it up our butt twice. Cody Bellinger, everybody. 888 That's the text line and the phone number. Join me right now. 
you gotta you gotta talk about these things. You know, when it comes to sports, I know it's on your mind right now at five thirty in the morning. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's good to talk these things out. I'm doing it just to a microphone, but I want you to join me again. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll continue to discuss this game on the other side. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. So I just read something. I just read something online. And this is from one of those baseball analytic guys. <laughs> and this is for Cody Bellinger. 224 players batted as often as Cody Bellinger this season. Bellinger ranked 223rd in park-adjusted offense. Of course, he'd come up with the biggest hit of the season, and I can't believe it. I can't believe that it was this guy who hit the RBI. Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is is really hard to hit on. I mean, he he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. Is this your king? A 165 batting average for the season. He hit the ball 16% of the time during the year and decides to come up big during the postseason. But hey, that's baseball, right? And I actually do think Cody Bellinger's a good player. I know I've been making fun of him throughout this, uh, uh, throughout this, pretty much the whole show for what he said after that, uh, for what he said after the game. But he deserves that. But I do think that overall he is a good player, and you can't really talk about uh, this past decade of baseball, this half decade of baseball, really since 2017, uh, without talking about Cody Bellinger. He is one of those guys. But just a heartbreaking way to lose it for the Giants. I mentioned at the beginning of the show. It really was like a movie. It was like a movie, the way that it happened. Las Vegas setting the win total at 73.5. That means if they won 74 and you took the over, then you would have won some money. And they already broke that, what, by the time they were in the month of, like, July? <laughs> like, it, it was it was unbelievable the way they did it. They found their ace in Logan Webb, who... I think a lot of Giants fans didn't know he had this in him. The 24-year-old Logan Webb. He was outstanding throughout this division series. Camilo Duvall was a great story. Before tonight, hadn't even given up a run in the last 18 innings that he'd pitched. It, it, Buster Posey taking the year off and coming back and having a, the type of season it's not a career year because it, you know he's not going to win the National League MVP. I'm not going to say it's a career season, but he was hitting the ball just as well as he's been hitting it for the past six years. Uh, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Crawford, earning himself a two-year, thirty-two million dollar deal in the middle of the season, doing what he did on defense. The trade for Chris Bryant, all of it, and sometimes these movies. I mean, sometimes these movies they. End in heartbreak. They end in heartbreak. I'm not going to play any spoiler for these movies. But 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. You need to talk about it. That's all I'm going to say. If you're thinking about this game, if you're, if you're ri- driving around right now at 540 in the morning, you need to talk about it. This is the place to talk about it at 888-957-9570. And we do have a caller on the line right now at line one at 888-957-9570. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, Jack, driving in Napa. Jack, driving in Napa. What's going on, Jack? Hey, tell me I'm crazy, and I know this is a non, non-factual-based non take. Uh-huh. This just has that same feeling to the 2019 Niners season where nobody saw this coming and there was really no expectations for the team, and they honestly took that and ran with it and turned it into a championship berth, in this case, the NLDS. But it feels like one of those things where if you didn't have it now, you're not going to have it again, and I hate to be a pessimist like that, but it just really, they had everything working for them, including no one seeing it coming, and now it just kind of feels like 
the expectations are high, you're going to lose players, and it's just it's hard to repeat something like this. So it just it stings, and you really wish you would have seen them take those opportunities they had. And I think had they beaten the Dodgers here, it was it was you know. It was kind of destiny at that point. What would have happened next? So anyway, thanks for taking my call. I just need to get that off my chest. Of course, Jack. No, and and I I can see where you're coming from because I remember that 2019 season. Uh, when that whole discussion of Super Bowl or bust came into play, when we were talking about whether it's Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers, if they don't win the Super Bowl, are you going to be disappointed? And we were talking about uh, we were talking about that even before playoffs started. And I was saying that hey. Your window is so small in the NFL. Teams can change like that. It happens all the time. Um, in baseball, you know, the Padres, are they going to have another season like that? I don't know. They're probably going to be contenders in the National League West. So are the Giants. Teams get better, ultimately. And I do wonder uh, what it's going to be like next season. I'm 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 with you there, Jack. I I I do understand where you're coming from. They're definitely not going to have a, another 107 win season. Like that's just not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It it, it it I mean 107 wins. No one expected that. But I do think though that with this coaching staff, it's not necessarily the players that I'm pointing towards, but with Gabe Kapler, I do trust that him and Farhan and with these other guys coming up, it's not like these are this this roster that you're throwing out there is going to be the roster next season. There are going to be some changes that are made. You know, Elliot Ramos and uh, Joey Bart. We'll see what Marco Luciano does uh, next season. You do have players on the come up. What I do understand uh, your thinking there, comparing it to the 2019 Niners. Uh, 888-957-9570. Continue to text in here. Hey, lawman, ease up, all right? I'm reading your text. Sheesh, who's running the text line? Get off the internet. I'm running a show here. What, do you want me to just read the text line the entire show? Hang on, let me just play this Cody Bellinger clip because this one, I can't get over this. I can't get over this. Why, until I get to the text, until I get to the calls, listen to Cody Bellinger after the game. This this drove me nuts. Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is, is really hard to hit on. I mean, he, he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. Props, bro. Shoved it up our butt. From the four, <laughs> from the 831, Niners may need to sign Webb for week seven. You never know. Uh, but from the 415, this is from you, Lawman. I'm getting to your text now. Rough way to end an incredible season. I turned away from the Giants a few years ago, but this team brought me back. I look forward to watching this team with some new additions. And I think that's what they did. Because the past few seasons, Lawman, they were they were damn near unwatchable two years ago unwatchable it felt like when the when the opposing team when they got up by a crooked number when they got up by you know maybe two or three runs your faith in the giants to come back in that game it wasn't there it wasn't there you just knew that everything was going to every inning was just going to end there wasn't going to be any life in the lineup and then you fast forward to this year Last year, they actually showed some promise in the 2020 season, in the 60-game season. They were putting runs on the board. They just needed some pitching. And then this year, I mean, I think the Giants have got are just like you and have gotten some of those fans back. And I'm getting a Dodger fan here from the 925. Go Dodgers. Bellinger shoved it up your butt. <laughs> Man, this is being the most. This is the most immature 5 a.m. show ever. From the 574, Dave Roberts' legacy with the Dodgers was riding on last night. If he lost in the NLDS with a 106 win team again, it may have been the last game he managed. And for the new listeners that are getting into the car right now at 545, the lead up to this game, the lineup change, the or the, excuse me, the pitching change that led to all the lineup talk. I've never heard so much lineup talk in my life. Never seen so much lineup talk in my life. Vin Scully saying that this is the biggest game in the Giants-Dodgers rivalry, in the history of the Giants-Dodgers rivalry. Vin Scully tweeting that. There was a lot riding on this game, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. From the 5-1-0, 34 wins against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. The record was a fraud. I just, I, I can't buy it if anyone calls the record a fraud. They got 107 wins. Like, get over it. I know you probably don't like the Giants, but come on. Come on. From the 831, I get that you're hurt by the loss, but it's not that funny. Pain laughter. That's what this is. I try to laugh through the pain. 
All right, let's get to the next callers here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. All right, what's your day? Where you call from? You know how we do it on the pregame show. I don't have a producer to screen the calls back here because of COVID. I got to do it from the producer studio, so I just take the calls live on air and screen them that way. Screen them live. That's what I got to do. Uh, what's your name? Where you call from? This Bud from Oakland, man. What's going on, man? So look, man. Uh, first off. <laughs> Cody Bellinger probably not the best analogy giver at the end of a big win. Uh, that's probably the worst case analogy that you could ever come across. I'm not ever admitting nobody shoved anything up no one's butt. I don't care. But, uh, <laughs> uh, listen, man, this whole series was a classic. Like, 20 years from now, they'll be able to go back and show this series to all the little babies that's been born in this year. And, you know, from last year or whatever, 20 years from now, they'll be able to go back and show this as a very classic series from game one all the way to game five. Now, to end it that way, I mean, yeah, the umps could have said safe and, you know, uh, you never know what could have happened. But at the same time, you did have Max Scherzer on the mound. He was rolling. And, uh, I mean, Logan Webb, that dude, oh, man, he's got so much in store for him. But at the same time, I mean, you can't. You can't take nothing from neither team, man. Both teams went out there. They did what they had to do. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could say Kaplan should have left uh, Webb in there some more, but the guy was already up to about 109, 10, 12 pitches or something like that. So, I mean, you felt he already did his, his due diligence. And you're not expecting for the shoving up the butt guy to, you know, come in and do what he do. And, you know, you just wasn't – it wasn't expected. But at the same time, man, a classic all the way to the finish and, you know, give everybody props, man. But it, it was it was lovely to see. I appreciate the phone call, bud. I appreciate the phone call. And for the 5-1-0, home plate umps were terrible the whole series both ways. I agree with that. But you can't win if you don't hit and don't get timely hits. Live and die by the home run. The defensive ships were what lost the game. Solano out of position a bunch, and you can't hit a guy putting a runner on, especially in the ninth inning of a series-ending game. I do think the positioning was a big part of it. That's what that that's what I got to give the Dodgers props for, and not just during this year, but in the previous years also, is defensively, they're always in the right position. And that Cody Bellinger hit, when you hear Brian Anderson say the Giants put the shift on, and then Bellinger just smokes one right in between the two defenders, um, you got to give the hitters credit. You got to give the hitters credit there. You do. But at the same time, the Giants lineup didn't do anything. The Giants lineup didn't execute when it needed to. You know, Austin Slater and Donovan Solano, you're probably not playing those guys in a winner-take-all game. I'd rather play LaStella the entirety of the game, but of course LaStella is playing uh, with the hurt Achilles. They were working him on defense throughout pregame, and Gabe Kapler was talking to him about how he felt. But when Donovan Solano and Austin Slater, those guys came into the game in prime situations, they didn't execute. Evan Longoria didn't execute. Um, Lamont Wade in that situation was very close, but you can't take that pitch when there's two strikes there. You got to protect. You saw Brandon Crawford do it early on in that inning, where Brandon Crawford had a changeup that could have painted the outside corner. He could have taken that pitch, but instead he just poked it out to left field, and unfortunately it was in the air a little too long, and Chris Taylor was able to come up with it. But Lamont Wade can't go down looking in that situation. Can't go down looking. And then for the way that it ended with Wilmer Flores, let me play this cut from from Gabe Kapler one more time because I think he spoke to it perfectly um, in a very professional uh, type of manner after the game, talking about that check swing that was called a strike. Super tough. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want a game to end that way. Um, I know these guys work really hard to, to make the right call, so it's super challenging um, on our end. Obviously, it's going to be frustrating to have a, a game in like that. Um, a pretty high-quality hitter at the plate that can climb back into that count. It's no guarantee of success at the end of the at-bat. It's just, it's just a tough way to end it. I'm, there, there, there's no for especially right now. There's no need to be angry about that. I, I just think it's, it's just a disappointing way to end. There, there are other reasons we didn't win today's baseball game. So that was just the last call of the game and. Yeah, that's that's enough. And I haven't even mentioned this guy. I wrote it down. I've kind of been rambling throughout the show. It's sometimes you write stuff down in your notes and you're not even paying attention to it because you're just so focused on everything else. But the 510 here 
And this is something that Mookie Betts did last season, too. But the 5-1-0, Mookie Betts had four hits. He was the MVP. Mookie Betts getting on base and then stealing that base in order to get home and put the run on the board to get the Dodgers that first run, that was the big moment of the game right there. That was a huge moment. And especially with how Mookie Betts has been hitting all series, too. You know, at first he was not great, but then these last few games, really ever since Game 2, Mookie Betts has just been coming through. He was fantastic all series. was fantastic. I got to give Mookie Betts a lot of credit. And I don't look at him the same way that I look at, you know, a lot of these other Dodgers. You know, I don't look at him the same way that I look at Cody Bellinger. Huge props to Logan Webb, man. That is, is really hard to hit on. I mean, he, he shoved it up our butt uh, twice. <laughs> if anyone thinks that's played out, that's never going to be played out because... We're going to be playing that a lot today. All right, let's get to the next call here at 888-957-9570. Ness, what's going on, Ness? All I'm is getting into work on a good Friday. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, well, not a good Friday. Really a bad Friday. But um, yeah. besides the point, uh, Giants, man, they were playing with house money. This was the year to do it. But besides all that fact, uh, the caller before kind of like said what I was going to say. This is good. They brought all the fans back. We're looking forward to next year. Um, I don't know. That whole Cody Bellinger thing, man, but right, right when you played that take, it kind of like threw off what I was going to say because I'm just over here laughing that <laughs> he said and shove it up our butt. Like, it kind of threw me off, but I, well, I will say this. Well, I, I don't know, man. Shove it up our butts. Like, that. keep playing it, man. It's got me all jumbled up. Have a good Friday, nice guy, Steven. I had a horrible call, but. <laughs> My bad. Shove it up, shove it up our butts, Cody Bellinger. What the, what the heck, man? All right. Later, man. Way to censor yourself there, Ness. Threw him off. Guess I shouldn't play that cut right before I go to the call. Let's go to the next caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. I'm calling from uh, Martinez. And what's your name? Uh, Mike. Mike, what's going on, Mike? What do you got to say, man? Oh uh, well, I'll just as far as it was a uh, it was a great series. Um, I mean, that last call was horrible for for him to have the guts that umpire to make that call was terrible. But other than that, though. For a couple, besides a couple of players, the, the Giants were a bunch of overachievers this year, and they really ended up where they should be, and, that, and that's uh, losing to the Dodgers and at home. So that's just the way it goes. Uh, the Dodgers were the better team. Yeah. They got the, they've got the better players, and it, and it showed out. So just uh, call in. Got a great show. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in, man. And, you know, in the end, the Dodgers did outplay them. They did outplay the Giants, and that's what it came down to. We could talk about all these different things. We could talk about the umpiring, which, granted, it was terrible, but if I'm going to be thinking into the future here, if I'm going to be thinking 10 years into the future about how I'll look back on this series, because I'm going to, like, this was iconic, what the Giants did. This is something where we're going to look back at the 2021 season and think, damn, we were so close, but hey, the Dodgers ended up outplaying them. Like, that's how I'm going to be looking at it. And from the 415, why didn't Posey call any fastballs for Doval? 100 miles an hour flamethrower up there just to throw sliders. And every pitch to Cody Bellinger there was a slider. And, you know, it's, it's mind games, right? You're trying to play mind games there. I, I think um, with the way that Posey was calling the game, maybe with the 1-2 count, with the fact that he'd thrown three straight, and he'd gotten him on three straight, maybe Posey thought that Bellinger was thinking fastball and would have possibly froze him. But also in that one-two situation, I don't want that pitch being anywhere near the plate. I don't want that pitch being anywhere near the plate. Give yourself some room there. I mean, unfortunately, this was the first time that we saw Doval really in any hot water. Doval didn't have much command uh, with his pitches there. So there's a ton of reasons for that. I, I was I was saying that too. I was wondering at the same time, four one five, like watching the TV. Why didn't he throw any fastballs there? But when you really think about it, these guys are the professional athletes. They're the ones on the field. They have their reasons uh, to do so. All right, let's go to the next caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Walnut Creek, uh, Jason. How you doing? Jason in Walnut Creek. What's going on, Jason? Hey, just a couple things. You know, I, I look at this whole entire series as let's be thankful. I, I understand it didn't end up the way we want last night, but 
where we were a year ago and what baseball looked like a year ago to what we got to see and witness this year, I mean, it felt like sports were back. The emotions were good. My wife's a Dodgers fan. I'm a Giants fan. It's a tough relationship sometimes. But, I mean, we got to feel those emotions again. And so this was something that you can look and build upon. The team's going to be great going down the future. I'm just very thankful. It sucks like hell this morning. But, hey, at least we can have those emotions again. I appreciate the phone call, Jason, and, and and that's what makes sports great, isn't it? Imagine the feeling that you had last night uh, watching that game, if you are a Giants or Dodger fan. Or hell, if you're even another fan, if you're an A's fan who you know hates the Giants or hates the Dodgers. I know a lot of A's fans who just hate the Dodgers or hate the Giants, either one. I don't know anyone who hates both, though. It's always one or the other. But... The emotion that you feel watching those games, there's nothing like playoff baseball just because of how long the game is, knowing that you have nine innings to try and get it done, all the changes, everything. The emotions that you were feeling yesterday, think about that. Not a lot of people feel those emotions. Not a lot of people feel that 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 anxious that anxious feeling you get when, you know, Logan Webb is on the mound in the seventh inning and you want him to get the strikeout. That anxious feeling you get when a runner gets on base via via an error and then you have Wilmer Flores up at the plate or Lamont Wade battling. Like that that feeling you get, that's the only that's only the feeling that sports can give you. And I think that that's the beauty of it when I really when I really sit back and look at it, but you know, Jason was right. The Giants do have a core. They do have something to build upon going into the ne- into the next season. I like their coaching staff. Um, Brandon Crawford for the next two seasons. Very curious to see how he does. I want to see if he can, I don't want to say replicate what he did this year, but stay on track with what he did this year. Buster Posey. Very curious to see if Buster Posey comes back. He has the option. Um, Logan Webb. Want to see if he's really the ace or is he a one-hit wonder? We have all that to look forward to next season. And I think that uh, if you weren't a Giants fan before, or if you were a Giants fan, but you kind of fell off from the team because it didn't look like they were heading in any sort of direction, and you're listening on the radio here, and we're trying to think of other words to describe what phase this team is in besides a rebuilding phase, because no one ever wants to say, say their team's in a rebuilding phase. But now, the, the fans are back. And next season... I'm, I mean, I'm not going to think about it now because I'm still really just just sad from last night's game and the way that it ended. But 